This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we're recording live again from Lakeland Linder International Airport. You may see me out there at Hotel and Golf. Hotel and Golf, uh, if you do, wave at me. I know the uh, one... (laughs) Taxiway is closed there at Gulf, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. I got some great feedback from the last podcast episode about the excitement and the uh, you get to feel the energy. Actually, I'm a little bit sick this week. Got a cold while I was on my trip. Uh, part of it was not getting much sleep, and uh, part of it was uh, you know just all these people there in the holidays. You know they're carrying their colds and stuff like that. So that's the reason this one's going out a little bit late this week. But today I do want to talk to you about something really special, special opportunity to help others achieve their aviation career goals. I want you to consider becoming a patron of the podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help others achieve their goals. And you know what we're going to do? For every $10 we raise as a patron, we will give you one, give, excuse me, give away one scholarships guide to a lucky individual. Uh, to find out more, click on the right side of the screen where it says become a patron button. You'll see it right there. It says become a patron. It'll describe all the different levels, but only as little as a dollar a month. Once we raise $10, we give away a scholarships guide. I know a lot of people have been asking me how they can help and help contribute. And uh, I've been very reticent to ask for money on the podcast, but uh, this seems like it's a popular thing. So we're going to go ahead and uh, give it a try, see what happens. We still have the pay it forward campaign. This is part of that. So uh, every time we raise $10, we add one more coupon to the Pay It Forward coupon. If you know anybody who wants to uh, get a free scholarships guide, tell them to use that coupon code, Pay It Forward, all one word, Pay It Forward. Also, if you have any comments, questions, or inspirational stories or announcements, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You know, if you have a special story about your career that would inspire others, maybe you want to share your career in aerospace, or have other information you feel would help our listeners, like you, please consider becoming a guest on the show. Click on the Be a Guest tab in the show notes or on the right side of the screen on aviationcareerspodcast.com. Short video about how to become a guest. Also, at aviationcareerspodcast.com, I talked about it. There's a scholarships guide, there's career coaching, and there's other various courses online about aviation careers. And again, don't forget to use that Pay It Forward coupon if you want to get, or somebody you know wants to get a free scholarships guide. That's one-year access to the scholarships guide. We update every month. So if you really, like I said, if you want to make a difference in someone's life for as little as a dollar a month that you contribute to the podcast. Once we reach $10, we give away a scholarships guide. I thought that would be a great way for those folks that wanted to give a little bit to be able to help others with their careers. Uh, I'd like to hear your feedback, by the way, about that and about becoming a patron. Uh, I know a lot of other podcasts and other people are using that, and I think it's a great way just for $1 a month to be able to help somebody. I think it's a a big help. By the way, that scholarships guide is really knocking it out of the park. 
Uh, when we started this, we really had no idea. We felt everybody should read it, of course, but we had no idea how many people would actually wind up using the guide and purchasing it. Um, multiple people every day are purchasing that scholarships guide, and they're, it's making a difference in so many people's lives to be able to actually get a scholarship. And it doesn't matter your demographic background. There's something out there for everybody. There's a scholarship for everyone. And speaking of the scholarships guide, in the most recent update, we've had 47 new scholarships and eight updates. Don't forget to find out more. Go to aerospacescholarships.com or click on the scholarships tab at Aviation Careers Podcast. Also want to shout out to a special thanks to one person who did do a pay it forward, and that's Shay. Thank you, Shay, for paying it forward and enabling someone to get the scholarships guide for free. So there's, I know there's one out there, so make sure you use that pay it forward coupon or anybody you know that might want to get the scholarships guide for free. It's only $10, and it's about 550 pages. Again, people uh, want to know why we don't print it. We may wind up doing that in the future, and uh, anyway, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, in this episode, like I said, I want to talk about a few things as far as, you know, why it's important to help other people realize their goals. Uh, one of the ways, like I said, is with the, the different patron levels that we have here at the Aviation Careers Podcast. Uh, just a dollar a month, like I said, well, every $10 we raise through that dollar a month campaign, we will put towards a scholarship guide. But we also have different levels. Like if you give $10 a month, then we will give away a scholarships guide in your name. If you give up to $50 a month, we will up that. We call it the six-pack. We will give away six scholarships guides every single month. Uh, use, again, using that coupon, payitforward.com, and we will recognize you in every uh, podcast that we have. And if you give $100 a month, uh, again, we'll give away 12. That's a 12-pack uh, for $100 a month. And other ways you can give, just email us, and, and we'll actually put together some more campaigns. By the way, the Pay It Forward campaign, when we do mention them on the podcast, they go away very quickly, whether it's 50 or 15 or 10, uh, by the time this podcast is over, as a matter of fact, if you want one of those and we're just announcing it, you're probably going to hit pause and, and click on the pay it forward campaign. The important thing about giving is that, you know, helping others realize their career goals is, it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're a private pilot, you're just getting started, you're a student pilot, it's important to help others realize their goals. So I want you to do this. It really, it's something that you can do even if you're getting started, is you can actually encourage others to do something, to move forward in their career and show them what you're doing moving towards your career goal. As a matter of fact, I'm watching someone do that right now, taking off right now in a, uh, that's an arrow, Piper Arrow, getting ready probably to do their commercial check ride. Also, something else you can do to help other people is, and why you want to do that is you build a legacy. It's important to give back in life. And uh, no matter what your philosophy, what your background, it really is important because you're building that legacy for the future. So that's another reason it's so important you know, to help other people move forward and help them realize their career goals. And, you know, one of the ways you can do that is to support different organizations that you truly believe in and that are indicative of your beliefs. For instance, Women in Aviation, the Organization of Black Airline Pilots, Gay Pilots Association, the 99s. You have Aerospace Center for Excellence. You have uh, the people at Oshkosh and Air Venture giving away scholarships. You have all these different organizations that are out there, AOPA, that help people. No matter what it is, get involved in those organizations and, and give some money to help people move forward in their career. So I think it's really important to build that legacy and help others realize their career goals. Kind of goes along with what uh, people have been asking me to do with setting up this uh, Patreon account and so that you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. 
Anyway, so hopefully uh, you'll consider that. Consider not just here, but uh, all these other organizations, wonderful organizations out there giving to help you know, build that legacy, your legacy in aviation. And you think, gosh, you're just getting started, but you truly can start today to start bu- building that legacy. Well, let's uh, get to some of the questions that we have. Get out here at uh, the intersection. Let's see, today I'm at the intersection of Hotel and Golf at uh, Lakeland Linder International Airport. One of the great things of being a tenant here on the airport is I get to hang out at some really cool spots and watch them take off and land. It's really awesome for me. Even even today where I'm sick, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, uh, this this makes me feel so much better. I'm loaded up with, with medicine, but I, but I just had to come out here to the airport to watch airplanes. It, it kind of makes me feel a lot better. And of course, talking to you about airplanes makes me feel a lot better also. This morning, by the way, we had so much fog that some of the people, even doing their instrument checks, couldn't go out because they couldn't get back in here. Uh, I know there's a lot of airports they could probably go to, but uh, finally the weather's lifted a little, and I think they're going to, and they are. I see them taking off right now, uh, able to do some more flights today. Uh, 927 at this airport, Lakeland Linder, is actually closed. They're doing some uh, updates to the runway, some exciting things coming. We've got Amazon Prime here. They're going to have a big facility and some airplanes here, and we also have... Uh, there's going to be a Category 3 approach here that's going to be finally placed in here. I shouldn't say finally, but it's going to be placed in here. It's going to really move things forward as far as trying to attract new customers to the airport here. One thing I love about this airport, and you probably have one near you that's like this, uh, it has all these different types of flying. On the south side of the field, we have the academies. We have all these other aviation businesses uh, and some non-aviation businesses that are tenants. On the north side of the field, we have the general aviation folks, and we also have some of the private flying, such as the corporate jets and stuff like that that are over there at Shelter and, and so just so much fun watching the variety of of what goes on here anyway let's move on to the um the actual first question here it says good evening and thanks so much for your podcast i have an aviation administration degree with an emphasis in air traffic control it was known as a college training initiative cti program do you know if this degree would qualify the, the ratp if i decided to migrate towards a piloting career thanks so much for your assistance Well, let me answer this question for everybody out there that is concerned about this as far as them moving into a career in aviation and having gone to a program that actually will qualify for the reduced ATP. There's a lot of information out there. There's an institutional authority list, uh, and that's actually from the FAA's website. I have links, by the way, in the show notes, so I won't tell you what they are right now. But FAA.gov, you can actually look for those. It defines it under 61160 and 61169, uh, what an institution of higher education is. And that def- definition, by the way, is in the Department of Education. That's where it's defined, and that's in 34 CFR 600.4. Again, you don't have to memorize all that that's out there. But the bottom line is this. What you can do is look it up online, see if your institution qualifies, then go and ask. Ask the FAA. If you, It's easy for those folks that have been to these programs and have been told, yes, this does qualify. For those that have already graduated, there are certain uh, instances where, yes, it will qualify. Uh, but you need to find out if yours is. I don't know which one yours is because you didn't mention it. Uh, but if it's on that website, next step is to do this, is to go and you ask. Uh, call your alumni association. Say, hey, listen, I'm thinking of transferring. I don't want to uh, be an air traffic controller anymore, or I don't want to be in management, or whatever it may be, and now I want to become an airline pilot. 
will this program actually qualify for the RATP? For those that are new that are listening, the RATP is the restricted ATP. And what the restricted ATP does, it allows you to have less hours when you're actually applying for your ATP certificate. It's a reduction in hours for uh, a couple of different qualifications. And just to expand on those real quickly, if say you're an ex-military pilot, 750 hours allows you to uh, get a restricted ATP. A thousand hours if you go to a, a quote unquote bachelor's program, 1,250 hours if you go to an associate's program, and 1,500 hours is the standard. So the standard is 1,500 hours to get your restricted ATP. Some other things do qualify as far as the restricted ATP, as far as the number of hours and also uh, the age range and that type of thing. All those can be found in Part 61. But in general, what people are talking about with the restricted ATP and the institutions of higher learning is if their, their program qualifies. The FA has been out there and has been approving many, many more programs. So check it out on their website. Well, this, the great thing about this is it allows you to actually go out there and fly for an airline because airlines nowadays, the reason they came out with this is it used to be you only had to get you have your commercial license to be able to fly for an airline. Uh, when I got hired, there was such a shortage. We were hiring pilots with 500 hours and, and less uh, just trying to find people. Shortage was very short-lived because of 9-11. But with that said, we're back at the same place again. We were years ago, but this one is a, a little bit longer shortage of pilots. And what they're doing is having to come up with some ideas as far as how we can hire people that don't have the 1,500 hours. They put this rule in place that says we need to have the ATP to hire somebody as an airline pilot. Before, uh, it used to be just commercial pilot to become a first officer, ATP to become a captain. Some other things have changed, too, as far as uh, you know, going through the training to become an ATP and actually sitting for your written exam. Now you have to go through a certified training program just to be able to sit for the written exam. So there's lots of different things that have changed there. So those are the type of things you need to look into. Uh, explain that in one of the other podcasts, but it's really, it's very simple as far as the restricted ATP. Um, to get it lifted to become a captain, it's really, really after being in an airline for a year or so, you should be able to be able to do that because you do get a lot of flying time, especially at a regional. So hopefully that helps. Again, there's the link there. So my... My advice for you and everybody else that's in the same situation is to first look for the school on that list. If it's on the list, contact the School Alumni Association. And if you can't get in touch with anybody there, talk to the FAA. Uh, we were supposed to have somebody on that actually was the person that was approving these programs. Uh, he actually retired before we were able to get him on the show. But we may actually be able to get him on uh, here shortly and talk a little bit about that program. And I'll probably give you the same advice. Anyway, thanks so much for that uh, question. I think it'll really help others that are thinking about doing the same. Moving on to the next question says, I'm emailing for some potential advice on starting in aviation as a second career. Graduated from a part 141 flight school with an undergrad degree in aviation. While in the flight program, I completed all my training through my single and multi-engine commercial instrument airplane ratings. Unfortunately, when I graduated was right at the time the industry took a downturn and had to pursue other careers. I'm at a point now where I've accumulated 415 hours of flight time and really would like to move into a pilot career, understanding that airlines aren't an option at this point due to the flight experience requirements. I would be completely happy flying SIC in a non-121 environment, but have having trouble finding openings for someone with less than 700 hours. Do you have any ideas on finding a job for someone with my flight experience, or am I chasing a dream that is difficult to become reality at this point with the amount of hours I have? 
great question. And uh, I think the the implication here is that you're looking at holding on to your job maybe for a little bit longer, but somebody with your number of hours can easily get hired uh, by somebody who's doing aerial survey, uh, even some jump programs. But remember that a lot of folks right now are looking towards a flight instructor certificate because there's such a shortage of instructors. Uh, there's a shortage out there all over the country for instructors. So I'd highly recommend you're looking towards that. If you want to get another rating, if you don't want to do that, there are lots of jobs out there. There's jobs as far as uh, some uh, cargo operators that are single engine. Uh, again, there you may have to wind up uh, adding some hours to your certificate or, or to your experience. Another thing you do, if moving is a possibility, is maybe look towards moving to another part of the country uh, where they do have operators that are looking for less hours uh, for those those folks. But it's not as regional specific, which I think from the tone of your email sounds like you might want to stay in the same area. Not sure. Of course, obviously, our career coaching, we can help you decide based on your specific needs, whether you're looking in a specific area, et cetera. But a lot of folks that do go out there there's and build hours, they do it simply by towing gliders, barren or tow, aerial survey. There's lots of different opportunities to build time. The easiest one right now, um, or the most prevalent one right now, obviously, is the CFIs. There's just so many of those out there. But it sounds like you're, you're not really looking towards that to becoming an instructor. So my, my thing is just keep on looking out there. It's not like the old days where there's tons of jobs out there, flying checks around, etc. Those jobs are out there, but they're not quite as many out there as there used to be. So I would not say, though, that at the end of your email, you said, am I chasing a dream that's too difficult to become reality? Uh, I would say, no, it's not too difficult. If uh, you want to do it, you can do it. I mean, that's the most important thing is that no matter what it is you want to do in life, you have to put down, a, set down a plan. That's what we need to do is sit down and set up a plan for your future. Obviously, we can do that through through our coaching or from some others that are out there. So I really think it's important for you to think about this and to think about what it is that you want to do if it's regional, et cetera. If you want to get to the regional airlines, yeah, you do have to build up your hours. Um, you're going to have to do that by flying a lot, a lot of hours. But to get the jobs, and just in general, to get the jobs in aviation, you need to find those. And the way that you find those is at the airport. Good example is me. I mean, I hang out at the airport all the time. I don't need a job in aviation. I'm offered jobs all the time, and I wind up referring other people for those jobs. They're out there. The problem is in the type of jobs that you're looking at to build the time, Many times they're kind of on demand. They're not quite as highly hour, you know, intensive like a regional is. And, and that's just the way, way it is there. As far as moving on, I think you can do it. I think you can, you just have to put your mind to it and go forward. So anyway, thanks again for the question. Hopefully that's helped you out. There are jobs out there, but I, would need, I need you to get out to the airport and start networking, 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 and networking. That's the most important thing is networking. Let's see, I have time for another question. It says, uh, hey, Carl, uh, I'm from Brazil and live here. Uh, Cape Air came to Sao Paulo and to do a roadshow and recruit pilots and to be a sponsor for the green card process. Uh, did two interview via phone in last August uh, and also 
wanted to talk a little bit more, and this I, don't, I won't go into all the details, but he wanted to talk a little bit more about the process as far as the interview over Skype and stuff like that. Well, one of the things that we do, obviously, is the interview prep and preparing you for the Skype interviews, that type of thing. There are other interview preps out there. There's a lot of stuff online, but it sounds like in his case, and this happens, is that if you come to the U.S. or in, even internationally, uh, the the reason he didn't get hired the first time was because of the fact that didn't have the English proficiency. I think that you really need to, one of the things you can do is look at some of these courses for English proficiency that are out there, non-specific to aviation, and then some that are specific to aviation. Um, the other thing, too, is that you need to think about this. Uh, some people ha- that have come here from other countries and been flying, like in this case, he was flying as a captain on a 7-3, they haven't flown in a while. So one of the things that I'd like you to do is get some flight time and flight hours, especially here in the U.S. since you're living here now. So make sure you do that. Make sure you get out there and get some flight time. And yes, there is an opportunity for you to get out there and build those hours. And we do do that type of thing as far as interview prep. It is cool, though, to see this, by the way. And then one of the other reasons I didn't i didn't read the whole uh, your whole question, obviously, because there's some personal information in there. But one of the things that I think is cool is that airlines are reaching out to other places and other countries here in the United States. Obviously, we're more uh, U.S.-centric. But they're, because of the shortage of pilots here in the U.S., they are reaching out and helping people get their green cards so that they can work in the U.S. And I think it's really, really cool. So I think uh, one of the things that I think is important for you, though, and this is of anybody, not just you, is to make sure that you go out there and you look for those programs to help you to do some more work in learning English. Learn, I know it's going to be your second language, but learning English, but also learning aviation English. I think that's really important also. Let's see. I may actually, I think I have time. I said it was the last one, but you know, I think I have time for one more question. So let's go to that one. It says, hello, Carl at all. First, let me say I really enjoy your podcast, Aviation Curse Podcast and Stuck Mike Avcast. They are very insightful and educational. I really appreciate that. I'm writing because I'm contemplating career change in the hopefully near future. I'm 47 years old, live in the Toronto area, currently have a private pilot license, which I got 25 years ago, currently working through my flight review to get back to currency. Once I get there, I plan to continue my commercial pilot multi and instrument ratings. From there, not sure where I want to go. Never really wanted to instruct, but I'm listening to your podcast, especially love the interview with Victoria. You regularly make note of the fact that the best way to become a better pilot is to instruct. Outside of instructing, I don't have the option of moving up north to fly bush or regional to build hours, so I'm limited to my options in that regard. Financially, there's no possibility of me quitting my current job outright to take an FO job with a regional, making peanuts for three years. I'd love to be able to fly jets at some point, even as a relief part-time pilot, but at least here in Canada, it seems that even corporate pilots require an ATP license with loads of turbantine just to hit the right seat. <clears throat> By the way, that's not just in uh, Canada, but it's a lot of places. When you go to fly a bigger jet, a lot of folks, they wind up go to the, going to the regionals first because once you get into a bigger plane, they're going to want a, a lot of hours. And those jobs are really, you know, they're highly sought after. So, you know, we hear about these corporate jobs. Many times they're smaller planes to build up to the, uh, the bigger planes. You're going to need some more hours. 
He continues, in listening to your podcast, you are very much on top of what's happening in the aviation market in the U.S. However, in my experience, things are different in Canada. Notably, we do not have the same number or size of airlines that you do south of the border. I'm wondering if you have any insight in the Canadian aviation job market and what possibilities exist for low-time commercial pilots. I've heard mixed stories as to whether or not there's a pilot shortage in Canada. What is your knowledge of the situation up here? Would you have any Canadian colleagues who may be able to answer some of the questions and help point me in the right direction or future pilot career? Also, I'm wondering if scholarships guide applies to only to American scholarships or if there are Canadian scholarships included as well. Thanks in advance for the advice and happy Thanksgiving. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate that. The One of the things that We've uh, talked to a lot of Canadian recruiters. I do. I don't have any on the show, but I'm, I'm kind of working on getting a few of them on. There's a. There's. It's interesting because when I do talk to recruiters, not just in Canada but in the U.S., when they talk about coming on the show, talking directly, they have to go through a corporate communications department. So it's, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's easier for me to just ask them questions and then read their answers on here, so they can do it anonymously. So I might continue to do that. So if you don't mind, I'll reach out to some of the folks there. But in general, talking to them and over the past few years, yes, there is a quote-unquote shortage of pilots in Canada. There's a lot of different opportunities with the regionals and to get bonuses, etc. It's not as large as here in the U.S. Even other countries come here to train. It's been going on for years because it's such a robust market, such a robust aviation market here. But yes, there are opportunities in Canada, but it's a little bit different outside of the flight instructing. And as a matter of fact, interestingly, by the way, on the Canadian thing, um, when 9-11 happened, I did a lot of flying up to Canada, uh, mainly you know in the Maritimes and that type of thing. And there was a lot of schools out there in Canada that were training foreign pilots, you know, people from Europe and Asia. Reason being is that when when we had the 9-11 happen, it may, became a lot tougher to come over to the U.S. and train because the U.S. is so expensive. Obviously, that's why people come here. And that happened, and then Canada stepped in. Now you're seeing a lot more of the opening of training facilities. Now that they have all the systems in place to do background checks, et cetera, there's a lot more quote-unquote foreign pilots here in the U.S. training and not as many in Canada as or percentage-wise as there was in the past when 9-11 happened. Now we're getting more coming here, being a little more competitive in the U.S. Uh, I love the fact that aviation is growing in Canada. It's growing everywhere. Uh, it just, it's just a, a matter of the size. You know, the population isn't quite as big, but there are a lot of opportunities there uh, in Canada for aviation. Obviously, the military, but you're not at that point right now. The... As far as the colleagues that can answer that question, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm in touch with them all the time. And there's just a, a, a wonderful environment and hiring environment up there in Canada. I have a lot of friends that fly for the regionals in Canada. And just uh, and one of the things a lot of folks do is they go back and forth between the borders. That's another possibility for you is to come to the U.S., do some training. But to get to that point, obviously, you can't leave your job right now and do some flying. There are some opportunities for flying uh, locally. Again, same as in the U.S., is that there are certain co- companies and corporations that you can do flying for. Uh, but again, it's getting out there and networking. You've heard me say that quite a bit. As far as the scholarships guide, yes, we are including more Canadian scholarships uh, just there north of the border. You're right here. So uh, we've been trying as hard as we can to get more and more scholarships in Canada. It's, uh, you know, I've flown all over the different regions of Canada, and, and it's really a, a beautiful country. It's one of those places where you definitely need an airplane to get around. Uh, it's just there's wide expanses of uh, space, and then, then there's large communities, and then wide expanses of space just lends itself to aviation uh, to move people and to get places. 
one of the things too that I think it's important no matter where you are in the world is to look at the opportunities in your country and to look at the opportunities. Obviously, I'm here in the U.S. and I'm U.S. centric. And uh, we really, you know, one of the reasons I, I like it here is I, I, I like to see all the people coming from all these other countries coming here to train uh, because there's it is so inexpensive. One thing I love about aviation in the U.S., it's so inexpensive to get your certificates and ratings. Uh, and it's open to, to a lot of different people. Whether you want to work out of a large airport with a tower or a smaller airport in the country, there's just so many opportunities out there for you. Hopefully that's helped you. And, yes, I will reach out to some of my Canadian regional airline recruiters recruiters talk to them and some of the other recruiters that are out there see if they'll come on or if they'll uh, write to me or answer some of my questions but feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com that's how you can find out more and uh, as you know i love doing these podcasts here at the airport you can hear <laughs> one of the one of these really cool little aircraft going by right now uh, a helicopter landing right here at the edge of the taxiway again today i'm at taxiway hotel and golf and just having a blast watching the airplanes take off and land. You haven't heard as many in the background because we're further away from uh, runway 23 is the runway they're using today. But it's been a lot of fun being out here. It's made me feel better even though I'm sick uh, to be out here on the edge of the runway. But again, one of the reasons I talked to you today is I want you to help others realize their career goals. And if you're one of our Canadian listeners or you're a recruiter in Canada and you want to come on, or maybe you want to do it anonymously, we can do that. You can actually do an interview and I can actually read your answers if you want to talk about the aviation careers and the opportunities in Canada or anywhere else. I mean, I work with people in Turkey. I work with people all over the world in Australia. And a lot of times they do the same thing. They want to come on, but they can't because of the restrictions. Uh, As a matter of fact, I I guess I can mention this, is that we, I actually have a whole set of interviews out there that have never been published because we go ahead and do interviews and then a lot of times we go back to the corporate communications or whatever organization and they say, no, you cannot air that interview. So I can actually refer some of that information from that interview to you, the listener. Uh, and I've done that in the past. Uh, it's happened a few times, and I know some people that have, that have felt bad that are still listening now that have done interviews and said, oh, man, I wish we could have aired that interview, but I couldn't. But, hey, it happens every so often. It's just the way it is. Uh, this, this field, you have to understand something about the aviation field. It's all about the optics. It's all about the customer-facing experience. If you notice, I don't talk about the airline I work for because we have some – and not just our airline, but every airline has very strict rules on what you can and cannot say to the media and what we can do. I mean, if it's things like, you know, going out and doing a career day at a high school or at a college or whatever, yeah, you can go out, represent your airline. There's usually not an issue there. But when you start talking to the media, which we are, about aviation careers, et cetera, and you, and you talk on behalf of the company, you need to make sure that you can go out there and do that. And a lot of times you can't. But the information you have is really cool and really relatable. So that's something else we're going to do is uh, put forth some of those interviews that we've had in the past and relate some of that information. But we have to be really careful how we do that because we don't want to get anybody in any kind of trouble as far as the career careers are concerned. Going back to your, the last question about uh, colleagues in Canada, colleagues, no matter where they are, uh, they are sometimes reticent to come on because of that. But I do love the fact that they do relate the information through emails, and I read their answers right here. So if you have somebody that's in the recruiting department, tell them I'll read their answer to some of these questions without mentioning who they work for. Just work at, mention that they work for a major airline, etc. You know, when I was doing television here uh, for Fox News, 
then I, same thing. The only thing we couldn't talk about is the airline I worked for, and if the airline I was working for had an incident or something or was in the news, I couldn't talk about that, obviously, because I worked for them because I'd have to disclose that. So very, very important to make sure that in your career that you're doing the same thing, that you're being reticent to what the picture is, what you're presenting uh, as far as you as an aviation professional. So that's really, really important. But most importantly, I want you to think about helping others realize their career goals. Uh, no matter where you are, tell people about the scholarships guide. Not just that. Tell people about the aviation career and tell them about your experience. And, and do something today to help somebody move forward in their career. That's what I want you to do. Do something for yourself, but I want you to think about this. What could you do, even with your small amount of experience maybe, or your large amount of experience, say you're an airline pilot, whatever it is, what could you do? What little thing could you do to help somebody else move forward in their career? And what I want you to do is after you stop listening to this, think about it. Call somebody. Send an email. Say, hey, you know what? I found this website you can look at about the careers in aviation, being a mechanic, a flight attendant, being a dispatcher, air traffic controller, somebody who's an engineer, a structural engineer, flight test engineer. No matter what it is, do something today to help somebody move forward in your career as you do for yourself. We'll talk to you next episode and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.